0: FrequencyCast, startup in progress.
1: Hi and welcome to FrequencyCast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At FrequencyCast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions and keep you entertained along the way.
0: Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 112.
1: We try our first live Periscope podcast, the cost of free smart energy meters, augmented reality playing cards, the BBC streaming radio saga, plus virtual learning and the Norway FM switch off. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news.
2: Frequency cast
0: now loading, news.
1: The headlines for June 2015, starting off with Windows 10. Users of Microsoft Windows 7 and 8 computers will have already started receiving pop-up messages about the imminent arrival of Windows 10. This will be rolled out as a free upgrade from the 29th of July and brings back the start menu, adds Microsoft's virtual assistant Cortana and brings you a new web browser called Edge, as well as a number of other changes. More interestingly though, this will be the last version of Windows. Out goes the concept of a new OS from Microsoft every few years, with Windows 10 being the final version, with incremental updates being made over many years. Let's hope they get this one right. Staying with Cortana, Microsoft's rival to Siri, expect this to be available on Android and iOS very soon, allowing the virtual assistant to be on your desktop, laptop, tablet and smartphone. There's no escape. Next, news from the Google I.O. Developers Conference. A new version of Google's mobile software, Android M, is to be expected by the end of the year, with support for fingerprint authentication and a new feature called Doze that can apparently double the battery life of Android devices. Also in their pipeline, Android Pay, a mobile payment system, as well as offline versions of Google Maps and YouTube, so you can now watch and navigate when there's no signal. So, no excuses for getting lost anymore, guys. Apple News next and keep an eye out for a software patch coming soon for iPhone users as it's been discovered it's possible to crash people's devices by sending a text message containing certain non-Latin characters. Apparently you can get around this if you've been affected by using Siri. Next, do you enjoy Netflix? The Video On Demand service is testing pre-roll trailers for the start of their shows. Whilst Netflix has stated it won't be having any third-party ads on the service, these trailers to promote other Netflix shows could be seen by some as an intrusion, especially if they can't be skipped. And finally, in a bid to bring better mobile coverage to rural Britain, Vodafone is rolling out booster boxes that can improve reception of signals from nearby cell towers. The boxes are designed to blend into the environment and are being disguised as bird boxes. The system, called Rural Open Shore Signal, is designed to fix to places such as the outside of a pub in a rural community. According to Vodafone, no birds have yet been fooled into trying to nest in a booster. If you know a bird that's been affected, drop us a tweet. Sorry.
0: Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to FrequencyCast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook.
2: FrequencyCast. Now loading. Focus.
1: Frequency Cast, show number 112. Hello, Kelly.
0: Hi, Pete. How are you?
1: I'm very good. You're looking very good. A different set of earrings yet again.
0: Oh, well, I am a female after all. We have to treat ourselves.
1: But you do know this is radio.
0: It doesn't matter. Just because you're happy to have a face for radio doesn't mean I have to.
1: Right, first of all, before I say anything else, can I just wish you a happy towel day today?
0: I've seen this all over your social media. I have no idea what this is.
1: This is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy quote, something you were challenged to read oh. many years ago.
0: Um, I don't remember anything that involves towel day, though.
1: A towel is the most useful thing a sentient being can own, and uh, you need to remember where your towel is. If there's an emergency, if the earth were to blow up, You need to know where your towel is. And today, the day we're recording this, the 25th of May, is Towel Day in honour of Douglas Adams, author of Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. Right, we're going to try something a little bit new, being as it's Towel Day. We are going to try Periscope. Now, as you probably know, Kelly, from the last show, we talked about this battle of the two technologies, Periscope or Meerkat. Have you ever Periscoped or Meerkatted?
0: No, not yet. Um, though I sense um, you're about to pop my cherry on this one.
1: First time for everything.
0: Exactly. Why not?
1: <laughs> right. So you're obviously very familiar with Twitter. You're a Twitter gal, aren't you?
0: Well, kind of. I wouldn't say it's my favourite of uh, the social channels, but yeah, I use it a fair bit.
1: You're more Pinterest actually these days, aren't you? Or are you Facebook? Where are you? Where do you hang out?
0: I'm, I'm still a bit of Facebook, slowly moving to Instagram. Instagram's where all the young the young bodies hang out now, so that's where I've got to go. I'm sorry, Pete. Like, you're too old for that. Oh. You can't join me.
1: You wouldn't let me join you on that hen night the other week either, would you? That was unfair.
0: For good reason.
1: Looked fun in the photos.
0: Well, it would. And they were carefully edited.
1: <laughs> I can believe it. Anyway, let's fire up this uh, Periscope. So it uses your Twitter ID, and here you can see all of the channels of people that are using Periscope at the moment.
0: Um, Rock is having the best day ever at the new Legoland Hotel.
1: Weird, Okay.
0: What about Cops and Robbers?
1: Oh, go on then, try Cops and Robbers. So you're now connecting with this guy in Pennsylvania. He's broke loose. Guys, if you give me hearts, I will capture him. That is a live stream from Pennsylvania. Doesn't really demonstrate what we're after. Try another one. Okay. This is a guy who's live online in real time who will translate English into Spanish. How random. That is really random. What's the weather like? Que es verdoro, Jara. Anything else, guys? You're being featured on a UK podcast. Say hi to Frequency Cast. Hey, Frequency Cast. Corey Crawford here, translating Spanish. How random is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's really random.
1: So there you go, you can actually type in real time to these people that are just stuck in front of their mobile phones, chatting away.
0: I can see a lot of problems with this.
1: Right, well we're going to go live now. Okay, we're live to the world, we have no viewers. Okay, we've got one viewer at the moment. We've oh. got five, six viewers, seven oh. viewers. Oh, we're on. Oh,
3: we've got go lots. On,
1: say hello to the world.
0: Hi everybody.
1: <laughs> so Inspector Gadget, Ryan Slayer, hello. This is Kelly. Hello Kelly. Hi. Nine people. Ten people. Well, hey, we've got an audience.
0: Getting nervous now. <laughs>
1: Evening. Ah, oh, Nick. Hi, Nick. Yes, it works great. High Frequency Cast team. Yes, I can hear. Oh, Steve. Hello there, Steve. This is Kelly. Meet Kelly. Hi. Say, I love the RSGB. I
0: love the RSGB. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, 12 people. So uh, we know, uh, I know some of you. Yay! Frequency Hey, Who's that? Ryan? New York Yankees. New York on, re- Yankees? Read some of these out for me. Go on.
0: Oh, loving the accent, mine or Pete's. This is where the magic happens. It is. This is is true.
1: Sunny Scarborough.
0: Hi from Sunny Scarborough. Is it sunny? Is it actually sunny?
1: It's not sunny in Scarborough.
0: Oh, it's not sunny here either.
1: All one hundred and twelve shows have been awesome. Awesome Awesomeness. Awesomeness.
0: Yeah, even better. Even better.
1: So, Kelly, that is Periscope. What are your first feelings about that?
0: I'm a little bit unsure. I didn't expect it to take off as um, as much as it has, if I'm honest. I'm actually enjoying it more than I thought I would. <laughs> Maybe that's really vain. Is that really
1: vain? I think it might be. It's a bit yeah. odd, though, isn't it? I must admit, I wasn't entirely convinced about this idea of Periscope. I've done a couple just to sort of experiment with it. And actually, proper live streaming video. I think when we talked about this, you were saying it's a little bit like sort of Skype or a video conference. But it's a bit better than that, isn't it?
0: it's just there straight away and you actually get to properly interact with people so you're answering questions immediately to a group of people rather than just to one and it kind of just seems a little bit quicker
1: there's quite a few people that do this that show people around their workplace that sort of thing so it's it's quite a clever little idea i'm getting quite addicted to it and uh, i think we might have to find ourselves doing a proper radio show in front of this
0: Yeah, I think so, and I'm going to go as far as to say I feel like we should do one of these chats every time we're recording.
1: Oh, you had to say that, didn't you?
0: But I'd be quite interested to see if anybody else thinks we should and whether you'd actually tune in.
1: So if you do want to uh, hear a bit more from us or see a bit more from us, www.frequencycast.co.uk or, of course, we're on Twitter and Facebook.
0: We are indeed.
1: And since this part of the show was recorded, Periscope has now become available for Android. It's available now from Google Play. Right, in the last show we talked about smart meters. Are you up to speed with smart meters?
0: Well, I'm up to speed in the sense that you've bored me to death.
1: Do you know, from next year, people are going to start coming around to your house and putting in smart meters? Why? From next April, people will be installing smart meters across the UK, with the aim being that every single house... In the UK, we'll have a smart meter by 2020.
0: I just think it's another unnecessary amount of kit that I'm being forced to have in my house.
1: You sound like Andy from Thamesmead. Do I? Although he's probably got a slightly deeper voice.
0: Well, I'd hope so.
1: Well, we got a bit of feedback in from Andy on the subject of smart meters, which we were going to save for interaction, but we're gonna go for it now. And I'd like you to read Andy's email for us, please.
0: Okay, he says, A while ago I contacted my electricity company who informed me that the law said all electricity companies would eventually be required to fit these to every user. Great, you may think, but hang on. A smart meter is an added expense that is not strictly necessary for everyone and every consumer will be forced to pay for. This will probably be £500 to £1,000 on everyone's bill once the meter is paid for and it's taken half a day to fit by two qualified union employees. I for one do not need a meter to tell me how much electricity I'm wasting as I'm not that stupid. Some people may want a meter so I say let them have one if they want to pay for it. For me, it would make an expensive boat anchor for my terraced house that I was forced to pay for.
1: Okay, so someone else that's not a great fan of this concept, what do you think?
0: Well, I I just don't want one. (laughs) I keep a really good tab on all of my outgoings and, and I see no reason why I need a smart meter. But they're free but they're not.
1: No, they're not. That's the issue. We did cover these a couple of years back and uh, we'll look back at what we discovered a few years back. But let's take a look at really where this is going. The current plan is from 2016 to 2020, everyone will find they're getting one of these meters, almost whether they like it or not. the clever thing is they do your gas, they do your electric, they replace your existing meter. So it's not a brand new thing to have in your house. And they use the mobile phone network to send your usage data over to the electricity and gas providers. But the estimated cost for everyone is around £200 per person. You're not paying a one-off, so you get the metre for free, but they're going to obviously be getting the money back through your bills. So it's ultimately going to cost us all about 200 quid to get one of these. Total cost to the UK, £11 billion, and that has a four-year rollout ahead of it.
0: And is this just because we're trying to be green? Yeah. Brilliant.
1: So 200 quid, you up for that? Not really. No, exactly. So let's look at the pros, let's look at the cons. That's what people want to know, yeah? Yeah. The pros is it gives people more control over their bills.
0: Yeah, all right.
1: It ends meter reading, so no more estimated bills, which could be quite handy. Okay. It also makes switching providers easier, because you don't have to faff about with taking sort of a closing meter reading and a new meter reading.
0: That's always good
1: and uh, it helps the energy suppliers get a good feel for supply and demand and how much electricity is being used. Of sold soldier? No. The downsides, if you want the uh, the negatives, it's a massive cost. 11 billion 200 quid per person is an issue. Security concerns are another one. Effectively, you will be streaming to the world what your house is doing. So if you're on holiday, obviously your energy consumption goes down. So you'll be telling the world and sharing your habits of gas and electricity usage. I can see your face already, you're not keen.
0: No, I get generally quite distressed by how much data we're sharing. I'm happy to be partially open, definitely don't need, literally down to how much electricity I'm consuming broadcast to the internet.
1: But we've said this over and over again, the amount you share, you use nectar cards, people know what you're doing, you use oyster cards, your credit card, your mobile phone, you're tracked all the time anyway. Does it matter?
0: Well, I do think it does matter when it comes down to if somebody's going to rob your house or know when you're in or not.
1: (laughs) And this is the interesting bit, is the, the minimum requirement is that the machines will send data about your usage, just the minimum that they need to be able to produce the bills. There is talk of it being once a day but there's also an option to do it every half an hour. So, ooh, ooh, Ooh. I know. You have to opt into that. The interesting thing that I've found in the uh, official government guidance on this is there is also a little checkbox that will allow you to share your usage data with third parties, which you have to opt in or opt out of.
0: (laughs) Ooh, see, that makes me really nervous.
1: I just don't understand why you would want to share any of this with third parties.
0: No, I don't.
1: Doing a bit of searching online, the only time I could find any use for this was the switching companies. You know, the switch and the compare the market and all that kind of stuff. If you're automatically sharing your data, someone could in theory push a message to you saying you could be saving money by switching suppliers.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can see your logic. If you're savvy enough, you can do it yourself.
1: The other thing, of course, to worry about is the health concerns. There's a lot of people that don't like having mobile phone stuff radiating and and causing that kind of problem. There was something I was listening to on the radio with people that can walk into a room and sense if there's a phone on and they can feel the radiation.
0: That is ridiculous.
1: (laughs) So let's just take a little listen to uh, our chat that we had with British Gas a while ago. I'm talking to Tim Jones, who tells us more about smart meters
2: that is something that the government has mandated. Um, they've come out all to the energy companies and they said by the end of 2019, um, all our metres in the country, that's gas and electricity, need to be smart.
1: Okay, and if I've got this right, that means an end to metre reading. Once a day, it sends your combined data over the air,
2: presumably to some massive computer at British Gas that calculates our, uh, our bills. It, definitely, and, and it will be a massive computer. Every night, um, we will get metre reads for for that day. So, just like as though a meter reader is turning up every day and taking down um, that number but it will also give us, um, and this is if you let us, it has the ability to give us half an hour reads so that's seeing what your consumption is during the day, so we can see if you use a lot during the day in the evenings, at night but what we're going to use with this, we can do some pretty clever data an- uh, analytics with it and we can help show you if you've got um, and what the Americans like to call vampire drain, which is where you've got a baseload going on at night, so all those all those red lights on your on your TV and your Xboxes. It's called Vampire because it usually happens at night. If that's quite high, we can show look guys, you seem to be using a lot of energy at night that you probably don't need to be doing and then turn around and give you guys some personalised advice because um, we want this. Yes, we're getting some benefit here from not having to send meter readers out but we want it to help you guys too.
1: If I've got this right as well, there's a unit that gets installed to the home that's a little wireless device that gives you real-time information
2: about both your gas and electricity. Is that right? We're calling those our smart energy monitors and what that will do is is show exactly what you're using at that time. So it gives you a kind of an energy speedo almost. It's to help put into context what having all your lights on is like or all your appliances on at the same time. Um, Again, this is to to, to play back to people, whereas before they had quarterly bills, probably not that engaged in their energy so much, not knowing so much about it. But by having that hit there, people can go, okay, that's where my money's going.
1: And instead of just looking at your estimated uh, kilowatt hours,
2: presumably you can see this in pounds and pence, which is a bit more consumer-friendly, the meter will have a concept of what tariff you're on, so it'll be able to convert the the, the kilowatt hours into pounds and pence. There are some technicalities around it. It might not know what direct debits you're on, etc., but um, it will give you a guide, yes. So by 2020, I'll be getting two new meters installed at my
1: home. How much is that going to cost me as a consumer to get these new high-tech meters? As a consumer, it will cost
2: you nothing. Oh, that sounds good. There must be a catch, though. Presumably, is it the government subsidising these meters? No, it's the energy companies who are paying for the meters. But our traditional meters have a lifespan anyway, somewhere between 10 to 15 years, and they need to be replaced. So as those ones get too old, we, instead of putting another traditional meter on the wall, we replace it with a smart meter. And to answer Andy and Thamesmead's question, these are not actually mandatory.
1: It's it hoped that everyone will be switching over to this kind of stuff, but it isn't mandatory. So you can refuse one of these. The only reason you'd have to have one of these is if there was a fault with your meter and they forced you to, to shift. But you can decide that you don't want one of these.
0: Until they suddenly haven't hit their green supply <laughs> and then all of a sudden it becomes mandatory.
1: You old cynic, you. I think you're right. And uh, dear listener out there, if you've got any views on smart meters, do you want one? Do you not want one? What are your views? Let us know here at FrequencyCast. How do they do that, Kelly?
0: Well, you can get in touch with us via the website, which is www.frequencycast.co.uk.
1: Or you can send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. Or indeed Periscope. Hello, this is Simon Jones, a.k.a. Arthur Dent, voyaging through the galaxy, and you're listening to Cast. Okay, Kelly, hold your hand out.
0: Okay, I hate it when you do this.
1: I know you do, I know you do. I'm going to give you a choice of some animals. Cow, turtle, kangaroo, zebra or horse?
0: You know exactly what I'm going for, so can I have the turtle?
1: I thought you might say that. You're a turtle lover, aren't you? There you go. So in your hand, what are you holding?
0: A card that has a turtle on with a T for turtle.
1: Clever, isn't it? Right, now, with this iPhone, hold that please, point it at the turtle...
0: Okay, pointing. Oh, it's actually big! Be- oh my gosh, it's actually covered al- like alive-ish. So it's like a three D one. Oh my god, this is amazing! It looks like it's swimming up to me. It even makes noises. <laughs> this is incredible. I'm very excited by this. Oh, so you can actually turn it around, see different angles of the turtle as well.
1: Ooh. So you're holding the card with the camera of the smartphone looking at it, and you've got a real sort of three D interactive turtle, augmented reality. Very, very clever. Just
0: it's floated off the card.
1: Just to prove it works, uh, let's give you a a kangaroo, mate.
0: Oh my gosh! Kangaroo. Oh, it's a little joey. This is amazing.
1: The beauty of these is you can look at an animal you can see the uh, animal in all its detail, listen to its sounds, and you can click on some of the buttons to get more information. So pure education and also very, very clever and very, very impressive. What do you think?
0: I find it very, very impressive, but I do think it's only really the start of what they're going to do with this technology. I can see what you're saying on an educational front, but I don't think it's reached where it, it will be very soon.
1: Well, it's something we looked at when we were at the augmented reality show a couple of months ago, and we spoke to a lovely young lady that told us a little bit more about this. We spoke to Stella from Octagon Studios.
0: The app it's called Animal 4D Plus app, and uh, we have a pack of cards uh, from A to Z representing each animals, and then when you scan it with the app, uh, the 3D model pops up from the from the from the cards.
1: Right. So you're putting the playing card in your hand, and we're holding a tablet in front of it.
0: Oh my goodness, oh he's just leaps alive, he's roaring at me and everything.
1: So these are obviously pre-recorded sequences are they or ha- how is this actually working?
0: This is what we call with augmented reality. Uh, you have the cards and then you have to download the uh, Animal 40 Plus apps for free on a Play Store or App Store.
1: Wow, oh, uh, so aug- clever.
0: Okay, all you have to do, you just have to buy a, a pack of cards, 26 animal cards, Uh, representing each alphabet. It's only ten dollars and you can get it on our website it's www.octogundestudio.com
1: Very impressive. What do you think uh, you could see a use for these uh, Alice?
0: Oh definitely for educational I mean not very many people uh, are going to be coming face to face with a bear anytime soon in the schoolroom so it's just absolutely wonderful for kids to actually see these animals almost live very very close because that was absolutely wonderful quality it's absolutely brilliant.
1: So, Kelly, would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur? No. Have you ever had an idea that you think you could make your million with?
0: No, I keep waiting for my idea.
1: Now, I'm a great admirer of anyone that actually does want to go out of their way to invent something, bring something new to the world. I'm trying it at the moment. I'm an online teacher now. Did you know that?
0: Are you? Well, that doesn't surprise me. You're quite the entrepreneur.
1: Well, I wouldn't say that. But, uh, you know, amateur radio, big fan of that as I am.
0: Of course.
1: There's now an online amateur radio course. Oh. And, uh, yeah, we get students online learning it. So if there's anyone out there interested in amateur radio, here's the plug. Go and have a look at the website and we'll point you in the right direction to an online course. And uh, you might even be uh, featured in there, Kelly. You never know.
0: Oh, shock.
1: So it's fascinating. Anyone that does have an idea that they want to bring to market. And we spoke to a lovely lady called Sarah when we were up at Gadget Show. Do you remember the backpack?
0: We did.
3: I discovered on my commutes over the last few years that it was rather odd that when you're wearing a rucksack that the person behind you can get into it more easily than you can. I thought that was a weird design fault for most of us who are commuting and travelling around cities. So what I thought was what about if you turn the bag around so that you take all of the outer zips off and put them against your back. And that is what is being worn at the moment, it's called the riot bag.
1: This isn't normally our kind of product, is it? We don't normally do sort of clothing-y kind of stuff. We like things with batteries and and chargers and everything else, don't we?
0: Well, you do.
1: (laughs) But what gets me is the way that innovation has changed today. That If you have an idea, and clearly, Sarah, you've seen a need for this particular product, and traditionally it would have been a nightmare trying to get a product like this to market. Just tell us how you've gone about uh, creating this
3: what I did was worked with a prototyping company and then by September, we had created the final prototype. In that time, I'd used SurveyMonkey to, to survey a 1,000 people for free online via social media. Then with my final prototype, I put that on Kickstarter and managed to get a 1,000 people to back it, which was absolutely amazing. And that allowed me in November, fully funded, to go off to China, get the first production um, sample made Then in December the first production run started and the first bags, first right bags came back in February.
1: What advice would you give to someone that's got a bit of a crazy idea, they don't want to change their lives, they don't want to sort of mortgage their house to come up with an idea, how would you tell someone to go about getting started?
3: Draw it out, really think it through, make sure that the thing that you are trying to make is actually going to work. Try and gather as much data as you can because you, have lots of biases that you don't know about so you need to make sure that you can test them and get rid of them put it on kickstarter test the market and if kickstarter says no that's a big message test it test it test it test it use everything out there that's free um, and
0: then keep going if it works
1: so there you go and you can find out more on our website and the address kelly
0: www.frequencycast.co.uk frequencycast now loading Interaction.
1: Interaction time for show number 112. Are you ready, Kelly? You've got some long abbreviations in this one, I'm afraid.
0: You do this to me every week. I don't know why you're pretending this is a one-off.
1: Okay, well, following on from our piece in the last show, where we were talking about the BBC's changes to streaming radio, we've had quite a lot of feedback. We asked the listeners to get in touch to tell us which of their internet radios worked and which ones didn't. And first off, we heard from Geoffrey Miller.
0: Yes, he says, in response to your request for feedback about BBC internet radio reception, I have a Morantz mcr 610 unit purchased earlier this year which works fine with BBC internet radio channels however I prefer the FM broadcasts as the quality is far superior
1: there we go so that's one radio that's working he also says he enjoys listening to podcasts via the juice aggregator I must have been that's one of my favourite and he downloads our shows onto a USB stick and listens in the car thank you very much Geoffrey uh, glad to know you're listening and uh, safe driving
0: Yes, and the next one is from Andrew, who says, I have a Robert Stream 93i, and it does not work with the new codec. I am very annoyed about this.
1: Yep, and Andy in Thamesmead, who kicked off our earlier discussion, got in touch as well. He says he has a Pure Evoke 1XT Marshall Edition, which works perfectly. We also heard from Peter Howav.
0: Yes, he says, I was using Rhythmbox in Ubuntu. This stopped working, as well as Flash in Firefox. That's because Flash has been updated and they no longer supported old processors until I did a Firefox reset.
1: And Peter goes on to say to get over that, he used a program called Get Underscore iPlayer, which is a Linux app. That has also stopped working, but he has found two feeds for BBC Radio 4. They seem to work, but they do drop out occasionally and come up with a message saying this program cannot be broadcast for copyright reasons. And we think there might be an overseas feed. Yep, still all sorts of problems with people getting digital radio from the BBC. Not good.
0: No, really not good. Peter also highlights the news story that Norway um, is to switch off FM radio in 18 months.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. We've talked about this lots, the switch over to DAB. The UK government's delayed it. We haven't got a definite switch over date, if it's ever going to happen. But Norway, 18 months, they're switching off all their FM stuff. The world will be watching because that's going to be a pretty big deal. Apparently, it will save them £17 a year in transmitter fees for the FM network. But uh, that's going to be huge. There's going to be a lot of people that can't listen to radio in Norway. Of course, the podcast will still work, though, so uh, we might get a new audience.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: So there you go. If you've got any thoughts on BBC Radio or anything else we've discussed in today's show, or even you've enjoyed seeing us on Periscope, please get in touch with us with your questions or your comments. Kelly, how can people get in touch?
0: You can call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208... 133 4567.
1: Or you can send us a text message on 07882 043 It's the cost of a standard text.
0: Or of course you can email us via the contact us button on our site.
1: Or follow us on Twitter and we might even do another periscope.
0: Oh, tempting. Frequency cast. Shutdown
1: in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to FrequencyCast.co.uk.
0: While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast.
1: Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends.